Welcome back to a new episode of Comics Corner. As always, we got the amazing, talented Sean on the boards, as well as your Uncle P here to give you all your comic needs. That's right. Um, what, dude, we got a good amount to talk about today. We do, yeah. We, uh, well, let's jump into some... You finally watched some What If... Yeah, I'm, How you feeling? I'm, I'm enjoying it. Uh, I'm probably going to go home after this and watch the new one that came out today, which is Killmonger. Kill, if Killmonger saved Tony uh, Stark, Tony right? Stark, yeah. yep. What, uh, so far, let's see, we've had if T'Challa became Star-Lord, if Peggy Carter became Captain America, if Doctor Strange became evil, if... Uh, we had zombies. Zombie in one the, was interesting. The and, zombie one. And then the one with the Avengers fell. The Avengers fell. With that cool twist. With, um, yeah. And for all these, there will be spoilers. So if you haven't heard or watched, turn off now. Um, but yeah, I thought all of them were great. Do you have a favorite episode? It I was, think I could pinpoint yeah, one was, that is probably... It was probably, either the Doctor Strange one or the... Um, I liked the one where, uh, like, the Avengers fell or whatever, yeah. and then you found out that it was, you know, spoiler, it was Hank Pym pulling the strings. That was yeah, kind of cool. Yeah, he kind of, well, and it's... And then, then then the ending on that one with Loki. Yeah. Where he ends up just enslaving everybody. Yeah, it, well, I mean, and it makes sense, too, because it's... He knocks off the Avengers before they ever become the Avengers. Right. So it wasn't him knocking Hank Pym going head-to-head... Ultron style with a whole team of Avengers. He kind of more just read the files and then did what anyone who has like shrinking, who has ever thought about shrinking powers would do where you're just like, yeah, why don't you just like go inside their body and then just like give them a stroke. Didn't, didn't they suggest in that episode too, that like the, the, the constant shrinking like was like fucking with his brain. Yeah. So that's something that has always been, a huge issue with like the whole what are they pim particles yeah yeah is because that's what made yellow jacket go crazy in the first ant-man that's where they think a lot of people who even goliath in ant-man 2 yeah ant-man the wasp is like a little unhinged because and they talk about in the avengers comics too right yeah, it's. I mean, it's a pretty. Like Hank Pym's pretty problematic. In yeah, those comic Hank Pym books. used to beat the fuck out of <laughs> Janet Van Dyne. He was like whooping her ass, and they were like, "Okay, so it's because he was doing Pym particles, and it's 1970. Yeah. A good way to show someone's unhinged, just beating the shit out of well, women." Because you know he becomes Yellow Jacket in the comic, exactly, and that's like yeah, related from this brain problems he's having. It's almost like amnesia. He truly thinks he's this different person. Yeah, I think that's where. At a time in history, Ant-Man or Giant-Man or Yellow Jacket or whatever the fuck you want to call him, anyone that Hank Pym has been, I think played a more predominant role in comic books. And then, yeah, Marvel made the decision to take, like, turn him into just, like, this guy who's, like, beats the shit out of his wife a bunch and fell by the wayside. And that's why they developed the whole character of... How oh, am I going to forget his fucking name right now? Who's Paul Rudd play? It is oh, Scott Lang. Scott Lang, yeah. So that's where they developed the Scott Lang character because he's kind of a little more of a comedic foil. To have shrinking powers is kind of like a funnier yeah. type power in the first place. But yeah, that's where now the helmet blocks everyone from that. Also, um, this is like a... I feel like 
some of these episodes, we've had a lot of Hank Pym, Scott Lang, Janet Van. Yeah, they've been popping up a lot. I think we're going to Van Dyne. Yeah, yeah. I think we're going to see the next the next Ant Man movie, Quantumanium, is just going to be a huge game changer. Well, the thing about that episode we were just talking about too is it really shows you too how much like you know it's like oh he can shrink himself cool whatever but. You can actually cause a lot of trouble. Yeah, you're, you know, like, you're as undetected, you and it's like, yeah, you can kill people real easy. Oh, yeah. To be, if you're the size of a fucking smaller than a gnat or a fruit fly, it's like, yeah, that can just go into your body and just kill you. And you have that relative ant strength or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, how'd you feel about zombies? The zombie one was cool. Um, I'll be I, honest. It did, it did seem like kind of, I don't want to say a cash grab, but like, you know, wanted to uh, appeal. I don't know. Zombie mania is kind of over, I, I think. Don't, but. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Zombies have never, in general, I've oh, vampires over zombies. Yeah. Like, zombies aren't something that I'm like, wow, mindless dead creature. This is cool. It's like, where do you have vampires? They're dead creatures that fuck. The zombie craze had a good, yeah, right. The zombie craze had a good run, but like, it Whatever. was it was a hundred percent all just Walking Dead. Yeah, that created this whole fucking world of, well, we got World War Z and all this bullshit, yeah. and now we're redoing all these movies. Well, and the the uh, the George A. Romero thing back in the day, like the original, like uh, that like, I get, but that was like kind of underground. Like that was like that, you know that had a cult following. That's it a wasn't cult mainstream. following, and that's not again. That's not everyone. <gasps> Excuse me, wrapping their vape pens and buying pajama pants with zombies on it. <laughs> it's like that at the time was just some people were like, wow, this is a classical like horror movie. This is, you know, kind of scary. And then you obviously have like those iterations. But I think after Walking Dead, everything had to be zombified. Yeah. And I just don't care. It doesn't like the episode was fine. It was fine. The, the one thing that bothered me is when Hope makes herself huge. Yeah. And then I'm like, and you know, she got, she knew she was bit or whatever. And it's like, okay, well, I hope you're going to shrink yourself before you turn into a zombie. Yeah. Like, I know it's a fucking TV show, but, but it was like, no, I really agree with you. like no one else was like, Hey, by the way, you might want to flip that switch can before. You, can you shrink back down? Yeah. How about now? Like yeah. you already helped us now. Cause I would prefer to not have a giant zombie on the, on the loose in the right. city as well. And it's like, there's always the thing with zombies, like they have to make them a little more interesting as the years go on. It's like, okay, well, these ones are fast. These yeah, ones, these they, ones can get you. They basically are just adding more and more elements to zombies until they're just regular people again. And, and he... Um, they're like, okay, these ones are fast. These ones can are smart. Now they can talk. You're like, this is just a person. They were <laughs> this is a living person with again. a really bad cold, like yeah. flesh. You know, yeah. This is just a cannibal. Well, it was the only thing I thought that was really cool and interesting about it. Well, not the only thing, but uh, what was cool and interesting about it was, you know, like when the Avengers got bit, they still were like cognitive and like using their powers. Yeah, like that was kind of interesting. Like, but like Doctor Strange could still do magic even though he was a zombie. There was so much that it had so many inconsistencies, and that's where I think. I'm not one to be like looking through the fine print to find fucking problems in a comic. Who's like, oh, well, if you go back to the first five panels, like I don't become that guy. But it, there's stuff where you're just like, well, this obviously does not. Why are these ones idiots that can't do anything? Yeah. But Tony Stark can somehow still manage to use a Iron Man suit. Yeah, yeah. His brain. He doesn't have a brain. Right. What are you talking about? It, it, that was very interesting. But uh, 
I hope we see some more uh, Peter Parker. Like, I hope that wasn't like his showcase episode because he was kind of the focus of that yeah, one. Yeah, I think we do. I hope we see a little more of him. And that's because that was Tom Holland, right? It was not Tom Holland. Okay, because so I know that was there's someone a, else. There was a couple people they've had to change out, like Chris Evans. They've was the first one I noticed that wasn't involved. They've done a couple. And here's the thing: is I don't think that the non-involvement of any of those people is like a fuck you to Disney by any means. I think it was 100% just like a time situation. I think so, too. And I think it's nice to be able to have all those people come back. But it also, again, doesn't... I'm not turning it off when I'm like, oh, it's not Tom Holland. Fuck you, what if? Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's this doesn't change my mind. Well, it was it. awesome. The, the T'Challa episode I really enjoyed. And it was cool. They got you know they got the his voice final, done. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like, that's that was cool. And... Oh, 100%. And then you kind of forget until the very end when they're like in memory of Chadwick. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. Damn, God dude. damn it. Yeah, like, thanks, dude. Just ruined my day again. <laughs> um, That was, though, the zombie episode is the first mention of Uncle Ben in oh, the yeah. Marvel MCU. Okay. So we do uh, Uncle Ben, still a thing. Still a thing. Uh, which will segue me into... What are you thinking about the new Spider-Man No Way Home movie? So the big, big rumor now is that um, the Doctor Strange we're seeing in the trailer that you know manipulates time and the spell is possibly Mephisto. Yeah. So which would be very interesting. I kind of hope that's not the case though, just because everyone's saying it. Like I, I don't necessarily care. I don't need it to be Mephisto. I would like it to be someone else though. Yeah. I. Just because, again... Like, what if it was Baron Mordo or something doing a a spell? I don't care who it is. It's just, I do genuinely think him going down there... And granted, all these trailers are ultra-manipulated scenes that... Literally, at this point, they're editing things out of it. Or they're editing things into it and cutting them so it seems like two scenes are together. But from that trailer, it really destroys all of the backstory and development and growth of Stephen Strange to be like, okay, well, I learned that I can't just be cocky and do what I want. Like, I, I do need to comprehend, you know, timelines and have more respect towards, like, my power I have. And then he's just like, Wong's like, don't do the spell. And he's like, okay, don't worry, Wong, we're not. And it's just like, he does that wink to the camera and you're just like, are you like fucking kidding? This even me as an irresponsible person is yeah, like, but maybe you know at the end of the day it could be maybe he hasn't learned anything. Maybe he's still that same cocky, arrogant dude. You know, I know, and that but at heart that would like I feel like that would really like disrupt my like the first movie of Doctor Strange is already like a very much traditional Marvel first movie for someone like Multiverse of Madness. I think is going to be insane. Yeah. So I do hope that we have something like that. Like, maybe Doctor Strange is trapped in time, dude, and someone took his place. Right. Well, speaking of Doctor Strange, that What If episode was pretty awesome. Uh, I did have one gripe with it. The fact that the the main story is, like, directly from the time machine. Oh, yeah. I think it was that H.G. Wells. I read. 100%. But I've seen it, and then the movie with Guy Pierce. With Guy Pierce. It's like the same fucking thing. Where he keeps trying to save his fiance or girlfriend or whatever, and she keeps dying. It is a pretty... <laughs> like tired trope i would say of like I'm i wouldn't gonna, even say tired i think it was just ripped off yeah no that, <laughs> or no they would like we didn't rip it off it was an homage yeah it was an homage that's, to that's it. how you get around that one yeah but it's like <laughs> yeah it's one of those things 
that was a frustrating like couple scenes where I'm just like, dude, what are you? You you're a neurosurgeon. What are you not comprehending about this? Cannot this will not change. And like someone made the joke, like he's simping over it Rachel really, McAdams. It, it truly is, and I I also love that they brought Rachel McAdams back for that scene. That was her voice, yeah. Yeah, but no one gives a fuck no. because you're not even a part of this. Well, yeah, like let's let's face it, like her character was kind of pointless in the movie. Agreed. They just needed a love interest or whatever. Um, I'm hoping to see Clea at some point. Yeah, you know? I don't like, really need Rachel. No offense, Rachel McAdams, great actress, whatever. But I don't really need her yeah. back in the movie because it's like you're not doing anything. It's a very Jane Foster in the first two Thor movies, where you're like, I don't need. Yeah, but this. she was at least a character in the book. Yeah. So like I, this Rachel McAdams character, I've never seen her in any Doctor Strange books. I can't. I can't even remember her name. Yeah, <laughs> but like fucking, but Clea is badass. You know, like his like white haired little yeah. honey. She was like born of like pure magic. Like, well, and that's the thing is like, like that's cool. I that's another hard part about Doctor Strange. I think you get a lot of characters that have very fantastical backstories that to just be like, all right, this person just exists. They're like, dude, we got to spend like a hundred million dollars laying down the groundwork on this first movie, and then we can get there. Right. Like, Finally, we're bringing back Jane Foster, if you didn't know, in Love and Thunder as... Oh, they are? She's coming back. Natalie Portman? Yeah, and she's going to... She's basically signed back up because saw Taika Waititi do Ragnarok and was like, oh, okay, I'm glad as soon as I leave the franchise, you guys decide to make like a good movie. It's funny. People forget how much like nerdy... like. Uh, comic book culture and stuff like that, and like Star Wars is that Natalie Portman's involved in. I mean, yeah. like V for Vendetta. Oh, uh, that's and Star and Wars. Natalie Portman's the one. She went to like Harvard. Yeah, probably sure. I think she went to. <laughs> well, I think she went to a very prestigious school, but I don't think she went the same way like James Franco went to just like kind of molest students. I think she <laughs> went to like gain knowledge, right? Or like Rivers Cuomo from Weezer. He did the same thing. Yeah, yeah. There's like people. Well, here's the other thing. One, once you're that famous, too, it's like, oh, yeah, we'll let you in because you also have the money. But it's like they're not at like they're not sitting in a lecture hall with no. a bunch of 20 year olds. Right. No, it's <laughs> all that shit is done online. It's I, not like they're sitting there. Yeah. And being like they're not in general psych with me who's coming <laughs> in hungover and is just like, hey, aren't you in Star Wars? And she's like, yeah. And I'm just like, <laughs> all right. Do you have the notes? <laughs> I need the. I didn't take any notes. Well, like yeah, like or she goes to, like keggers on the weekend. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's at, like, the, the party. It's her and Rivers Cuomo at the Harvard keggers. Yeah, the mix, the, the college mixers. It's funny. Just once, I want some like Hollywood celebrity to be like, guys, I did right by myself. I finally went back to school and got my degree. University of Phoenix, baby. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's uh, again, DeVry the, University. Half that shit. You're just like, dude. You went to this school. In name alone. You didn't like go to the campus and like live in the dorm. Yeah. You got you got into this school because you're a giant celebrity that their school's like, yeah, let's have you be an alumni because guess who gives money? The person who makes uh twenty million dollars to be in a yeah, movie. How does that work? Like, don't people get like waitlisted to get into like Harvard? Yeah, but those are regular people regular that people. no one cares about. Yeah. They have to take they're taking a chance that you're famous. 
And when they're like, oh, Natalie Portman from Star Wars? Yes, please. There's a, I'm a big John Oliver fan, and he always is constantly making fun of like media and other news outlets. Yeah. And it was like all these clips of all these you know, talking head news people like constantly mentioning that they went to Harvard. <laughs> and like, it's like, it was like all these different people like so you know I went to Harvard and then they just like and there's all these clips mashed together and it's like no one cares it, at this point I genuinely here's my other issue though which I've always had with colleges you can be the top of your class in business or communication but you can't talk to anyone you're socially inept yeah so having all that skill all those skills you're like cool this is useless because you cannot shake another person's hand. You can't just find someone and just start a conversation. It's like not being able that's a much bigger part of business. Yeah. I don't give a fuck about a PowerPoint. I need you to have a little personality. But back to the comics. Um, I did so my sleep schedule's been awesome. I fall asleep about eight AM every morning. <laughs> What? Um, yeah, it's super cool. What, you're just kind of out of whack, like doing the service industry e- thing or what? Then just like my brain's just like a completely broken piece of shit. So 8 a.m. is usually when I'm falling asleep, but it does give me time to catch up on a lot of great shows. Okay. So I got into Stargirl based on JSA comics. So essentially what it is, it stars... Oh, uh, Amy Smart is in it. Who, oh, yeah. So her... Dude, what happened to her? I haven't seen her in a while. She's in it with Owen Wilson. Or not... Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson. Um, so it's Luke Wilson and Amy Smart play the mother of this girl and the stepfather of the girl as well. Um, she finds the staff in her basement because Luke Wilson used to be the sidekick for this guy, Starman, who was in the JSA... Which, spoiler of episode one, all the JSA gets murdered by the Injustice Society. No. Even, yeah. Even Dr. Fate? Even Do- uh, I don't know if they have a Dr. Fate in this one. Okay, because he but is an original JSA. He is an J- original JSA. And they do actually do a pretty good job of, like, they have Alan Scott Green Lantern. They have Jay Garrick Flash. They oh, have, wow. They do bring in, like, a bunch of characters. Oh, they have Shining Knight yeah. makes an appearance. Um, so, basically, what it is is... Pat Dugan, Luke Wilson's character, is kind of still hunting down the Injustice Society and figuring out like what's going on with them. He gets this adopt or stepdaughter from his new wife. They discover that the cosmic staff reacts to her, so she becomes the new Star Girl, and she recruits someone to be a new Wildcat, a new Hour Man. A new Doctor Midnight. You eventually get, yeah, Green Lantern. Um, what do you mean? So where is she finding these people? <laughs> so basically, it's some of them are kids from school. So like the Hour Man is this kid who thinks his last name's Harris, but he's actually Rick Tyler, the son of the original Hour Man. Okay. So it's kind of you they're all in this town, Blue Valley, Nebraska. Do they do like the classic like recruitment montage? Uh, no, it's <laughs> it's a little bit better than that. Yeah. Where like the girl who plays who becomes Wildcat, her I don't really 
they do take some leaps and bounds. Like she's in the wildcat costume that they find from like the Justice Society. Meow. Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden they're they're like, oh well, it's a little big. And it's like, well, yeah, a grown man wore it, and you're a 14 year old child, so that makes sense. But all of a sudden it just like tightens up and like fits her because it's like magic. Or yeah, whatever. it's like yeah. some dumbass <laughs> magic thing. So you get parts like that, but it does have. It's a good, good early DC show for CW. So is Stargirl like a teenager? Yeah, she's a teenager as well. They're all high school kids. Gotcha. And then That's hot right now. It's hot. The, the, People they, like that. They like the young heroes. But I will say... That's big right now. Right at the moment, like Flash is... I didn't want... Real good, just to clarify. Yeah. <laughs> not not uh, hot that they're in high school. It is a... It's hot, a hot trend. It's a hot trend. Thank yeah. you, Pat. Or some people might just say hot in general. I don't know. Um... But no, I think a lot of those DC shows, after a certain point, just fall off really, really hard. Like, your first couple seasons of Arrow, awesome. Falls off. Flash, same way. So I think this is just a new one where it's like, all right, get some new characters that you get to see. This newest season, season two, has Calypso. Or not Calypso. Eclipso? Eclipso is... um, the, one of the big bads of, like, the season. So you do get some... Ra- I like seeing a good random character reimagined. Like, they have Solomon Grundy in nice. season one. And he's pretty CGI, but it's still cool to see... They do it well, where it's... He's not in it until... He's, like, r- loosely in He's caged up. Right. For, like, a lot of the season. But you're still like, oh, that's cool. At least we're, like, calling him Solomon Grundy and, yeah. like... I like to get a little bit of that lore and see people reimagine it for media. Um, so, Stargo, what, what powers are we talking here? Um, so, she's got this cosmic staff. Basically, the cosmic staff is just gives her, like, it's almost sentient. It's kind of like a dog. So, it's like, it can move around. It's like a dog. It'll move around and, like, it'll turn into, like, a pole vaulting thing for her. Or, like, it'll turn into, like... She, she can like fly on, yeah. so she can like blast shit from it. She can fly. It's kind of the classic generic space, yeah. You know, antique type thing. Cool, um, nice. But I was, I've definitely been fucking with that. I'm also interested in. I still haven't seen Shang Chi, dude. I know. I want to see. It's getting great reviews and kicking ass at the box office, need, dude. That's what I'm most excited about, just because of the fact that. We need it to do well in the box office yeah. because I want more box office movies. Um, yeah. Is it getting better ratings than Black Widow? Yeah. It's doing better ratings. My buddy saw you said it was great. You know, I've heard nothing but good things about it. I'm really excited to see um, the abomination scenes. So basically, yeah. I do know from what my understanding, if you've seen the trailers for it, you've basically seen all of the abomination scenes. Oh, okay. There's really not too, too much more to it, which I can appreciate because we are, Tim Roth has already signed on to do, to be in She-Hulk. Right. So he will be... TV show or movie? TV show. Yeah. Which I'm totally cool with, especially because these Disney Plus TV shows, obviously prior to What If, but that's a completely different, you know, beast, is... They all match up with the movies, if that makes sense. Like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., watching that versus watching, like, a Marvel movie. Yeah. You're like, yeah, this is from a TV show. Did, uh, 
I feel like the one show we've never talked about on here that I'm a big fan of, I don't know if you watch, is The Boys. Did you ever get down with The Boys? I started The Boys. I'll be honest. It just, like, I liked it, but it just, like, didn't do anything for really? me for some reason. I don't know why. I even got my girlfriend into it, which is surprising. She doesn't like any of the superhero stuff, it, but. There was something about it that just, like, I don't know what, because I remember watching a good amount of the first season. I think I just need to like binge watch it or something. Yeah, because that, it that's just what we did. It was one of those shows that like I felt like I was right there and just don't have any connection to the characters. So I was just like, the beginning seemed a little all over the place to me. Okay, like it just like I was waiting to have like the Billy the Butcher from the comics. Like it seemed oh, have you like read the comics. I've read like parts of them. Yeah, and and that was the other thing is I think. When I read the comics, I read them just very like happenstance and kind of out of order or whatever, and didn't get into them that way. So then trying to get into the show again, you're just like, oh man, this is, it's like Superman. It's like, yeah, I've read Superman comics. I don't really like Superman. So yeah. I don't really get it's harder to get into Superman based stuff for me when I'm like, it's probably pretty good. Like, I probably should like yeah. Man of Steel more than I do, but it's, I'm just like, yeah, I just like can't. It's hard to like build my excitement up. I get it. That's how I am with like the Daredevil show. I know it's a good show. I I try to like and like the Flash show. I try to like yeah. trudge through them. I'm like, man, these they just don't do it for me. But yeah. I do like the boys. So no, I think that's the nice part about where comics and media have all kind of like crossed over at this point. Is in the past it was like you either like the Hulk or you like Batman. You're gonna watch <laughs> one of those two. Those are your options. And now it's like, you can watch a million things and be like, didn't even know that was based off of like IP that originated in comics. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about the other day is Road to Perdition. That, and then I just found out recently, do you remember the movie Monkey Bone with Brendan yeah, Fraser? Yeah, also. Yeah, it was a Canadian comic called Dark World. It, is it Dark I believe, World? I believe it was Dark okay, World. Okay, yeah. That makes sense. Or Dark I Town or something like that. But... Uh, Monkey Bone is also a wild <laughs> movie. But they, the only thing that's like true to the uh, comic is that, yeah, like this dude is in a coma or whatever and he's in this weird dream world and they want to like hijack his body to, and come back to cause mischief and yeah. hijinks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but that's. You the see, art was like funky, man. It was like almost like Picasso. You see that in the same way that that's how the mask was. Is they see kind of these small elements that they can use and especially with indie comics like that. Yeah. It doesn't have enough of a fan base that someone's going to be like, well, that's not what it is. But at the same time, it's like, all right, this is unique and creative enough that like this idea rules, but we have to make it palatable for the rest of like the world. Basically. Well, speaking of uh, underground comics, my uh, my buddy, Seth, shout out Seth, uh, informed me about a Harvey P. Carr comic fest going on in Coventry. This Saturday. Really? Yep. Because, um, you know, as most people yeah. know, Harvey Picard, native to Cleveland and wrote American Splendor. Uh, that could be interesting. And Famous. he was boys with, with R. Crumb, man. Like, yeah. He, well, because he was... Who plays him in the movie? Is it... Paul uh, Giamatti. Paul Giamatti, yeah. The movie's great. Oh, yeah. The and he was in... Um, he's in an early episode of Anthony Bourdain, No Reservations, where Picard? they come to Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do remember that one, actually. Yeah. I think... Weirdly, that is the. I'm not one for bragging about the city at all, but that is like the coolest version of 
showing off Cleveland. Oh, for sure. Is like that Anthony and probably Bourdain. the Insomniac episode where David yeah, Tell comes yeah. to Cleveland. <laughs> Those are the two that I wish pulled up online when people were like, what What do you like about Cleveland? It's like, all right, here's a no reservation and an Insomniac episode from 2000. You know, I'm sure you, half the business. You know what the other big tourist trap in Cleveland people love? Because there's been so much domestic travel this year. Every, a lot of people are coming to Cleveland. Yeah. It's, you know, Michigan, Pennsylvania, New York, people coming around. The Christmas Story House. They, oh. can't, they can't get enough of it, man. Which is amazing, too, because it's like, not only can you go see the Christmas Story House, if you go to the house next door, you could buy heroin. I Actually, my the guy I used to buy weed from lived two doors down from the yeah. Christmas Story the rest, The rest of that block is literally just people selling drugs. I, I roll, yeah, dude, I rolled up. It was December 1st, and that must be their big like kickoff party. Yeah. Because, like, dude, they had all... like they had, there was a guy making like funnel cakes on his yeah. front lawn. God damn it. I'm trying to buy drugs. I know, dude. Can so you tourists get the fuck out of my neighborhood? Also, it's funny, too. The, the gift shop is across the street, and it's like twice the size of the house. I just, the that's such a strange thing to be like. That's such a very classic Cleveland tourism thing is like a house from a movie that uh, Christmas Story is great and fine i feel like as a kid i was forced to watch it a lot oh, because they were we're forced to watch it a lot every year on tbs yeah goddamn marathon but it's also like i feel like it being in cleveland too is especially it's like when they as shove a, it down your throat yeah, yeah i if i never see remember the titans again it will be too soon <laughs> because as a kid when you're playing sports they're like oh we're on a we're on a bus trip we should put in Remember or, the Titans. Or Miracle, since Miracle, you're a hockey player. Yeah. Miracle and Remember the Titans, both movies I don't care about. Yeah. I get it. I One, not even playing football, so this has nothing to do with me. I've seen it a million times. It's it's one of those feel-good movies that's like, this isn't even funny. This doesn't even have like funny parts. Right. At least Mighty Ducks has a bunch of situations where all the kids could die. <laughs> it's very true. It's I'm, an alcohol. I'm, think, I'm thinking limo on the ice. Yeah, <laughs> an alcoholic is punished to to help kids who actively ask to serve jail time instead of helping kids. And his first move is to get drunk and drive a limousine onto the ice, right. And fill it up with kids. Speaking of Mighty Ducks, highly recommend new uh, Netflix documentary uh, of their Untold series. Uh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's about. This dude who turned out to be like a mobster, he owned a sanitation business in Connecticut. So that guy, and yeah, is he bought who, his, a hockey team. Yeah. That's who Tony Soprano is based off. Right, of. that's what they it's, say. Yes, yeah. the the Trashers, the Trasher, the Danbury yeah, Trashers. The Danbury Did you trashers. watch it? I haven't seen it yet. Watch it; it's but, very entertaining. Yeah, I just have a piece of. I know a real human piece of shit that's from Danbury. Oh no shit! And I was like, wow, that's like crazy that. Your whole city's kind of like a piece of shit. Yeah, I mean, this dude apparently had deep mob ties. I mean, talking about like the, like the yeah, five, like part of like the five crime families That's, of New York. Yeah, because yeah. it was that loosely is what like um, Sopranos is based off. Well, of. yeah, uh, the kid's son was even the dude's son was named AJ. He was named <laughs> AJ. Yeah, where it's like and so his son who the whole time I really wanted to dislike because like this is two thousand four. He's got the the white tee, the chains, the fade haircut, white yeah. white boy. And I'm like, I really wanted to dislike this dude, but he actually did a good job of running the team. He got good players. They, they almost won the championship. What league was it in? It was uh, the starts with the W. WHL. Uh, WHL. Okay, so <laughs> it's uh, so not AHL is the WHL. Yeah, it's but it's like that's insane to 
be on a a professional hockey team. Like, granted, low level, but nonetheless, you made it to a professional level of a sport. They were selling by the end of it. They were selling ten thousand tickets a night, and it's like your boss is a boy. He was he was paying. Well, the 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 guy's dad, the kid's dad, was paying the players like in cash. Like yeah, oh, bags I believe that. Yeah, the one dude used to like cartoon bags he, of gold yeah, coins. The one guy uh, shot the game winning goal for the New Jersey Devils in 03 for the Stanley Cup. And oh, they, I believe they got, it. They got him on the team. That is because that's where you get like. All those leagues are just kind of like farm leagues for hockey. Totally. So they have you have guys that are working their way up to pros, and then guys working their way down from NHL. Yeah. So it's like, but he said, but anyways, the guy, the kid AJ, said that the Mighty Ducks really like changed his life, and that's what made him like obsessed with hockey. D- love it. Yeah. Isn't like, that great? Isn't that a great I, story? <laughs> I like that especially because it's like Mighty Ducks is just my favorite. One of the funniest inaccuracies of all not even just like on ice but just in general when you're like this whole high school gave an entire hockey team scholarships right so any other kid that year who was going to try out for this team they were like sorry we gave a whole team scholarships like it's just such a like goofy ass system they don't make them like that anymore man no no one just like wants it every story now has to be Ultra, ultra uplifting. uplifting. I feel like for and it's also got to be like it's always focusing on like current technologies and stuff like that. Yeah, like, it's either there's like no a really the storyline's weak. It's it's weak or it's just way too heavy. It's like you know what kind of rips Airbud one, <laughs> and you cry during it because yeah. he's got the dogs got to choose between the boy and that dumbass drunk clown. The, the clown. <laughs> so it's like yeah, I'd rather watch that versus like. I don't know. They're just like whatever Will Smith's dumbass concussion movie is. I'd rather watch Air Bud over that. What, Ali? No, there's, uh, well, <laughs> that one was the, his Parkinson's movie. Okay. Um, which, but which one has a concussion? It's, oh, oh, he, yeah. He's when, like a doctor who's like studying the NFL and shit like that. I, dude, that, that movie got like swept under the rug, man. Yeah, because it sucks. Like, no, it's because the NFL doesn't want people talking about that shit, man. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, you're like any logical human beings, like, yeah, this is what we call a high level risk reward situation where, okay, listen, I do understand this is wildly dangerous. You're getting paid a wild amount of money. Some of them at my work was like, we're getting a little off topic here, but that's fine. You're at Comics Corner. That's the classic. Yeah. But no, like the guy at my work's like, man, like these guys that have to sit out because of like uh, a failed COVID test or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Do you think they still get paid? And I said, I don't give a fuck. These people are millionaires. Why would you? I don't care if they get a paycheck or not. You are a millionaire. You are definitely probably still getting paid. And basically your job is to stay physically fit. Hey, for one year, I just read this one playbook and stay fit. Right. Oh, how do I stay fit? Listen, we'll spend uh, unforeseen amounts of money to hire anyone we can find to teach you any trick to get healthier and stay fit. It's like, oh, this sounds hard. And they're like, we'll pay you $20 million. (laughs) It's like. What days do I have to work? And like, technically, just Sunday. Right, right. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, technically, it's like, yeah. There's these aren't jobs that you're like, 
oh, woe is me. Yeah, like, oh, but it's so funny when people feel bad for, like, rich people or rich athletes. It's just so funny to me. I don't understand it. Oh, <laughs> it's, the, it's the funniest thing because you, it just shows how, like, disconnected people are from the world of, like, a guy who works in a mine. Like, do you know how dangerous... This was a fellow server with me. I'm like, dude, we just worked, like, 10 hours, like, busting our ass. Why do you care about what, yeah, uh, what you know, what Ben Roethlisberger makes? Yeah, what's this dude's getting paid? It's like, who... They break down stats and shit yeah. of people where it's like, baseball players are literally making $25,000 per at-bat. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, this guy is making more money in a second payment. Like, in, I'm making this much per second, and I'm still by the hour. Bob, Bobby Bonilla, do you know that story? It is the guy a, makes a million dollars a year. He hasn't played baseball in years. Yeah. that's Oh, there's so many people he like that. a million dollars a year. Who just literally don't, they haven't played for these teams. They've just gotten great contracts and are like, the team's like, well, yeah, in hindsight, it was a bad idea to do that 50-year contract with them. <laughs> 50 years. And they're like, yeah, I don't know how we let that one slide, but now you get paid $2 million a year to just exist. And it's like that. I mean, for those guys, it's sick. Don't get me wrong. Because I'm a lot of times those dudes are just like, yeah, I run a basketball camp and passively make like probably 100K on that alone. Right. <laughs> it's like, plus this team still pays me like $2 million a year. Yeah, but whatever. Get that money. Um. I know we were talking a little bit on some independent comic stuff with yeah. Monkey Bone, The Mask. You said you just started getting into some Hellboy. Yeah. Which how was, uh, how yeah, you feeling? It was cool, man. I mean, the artwork is cool. And it was like, so it was the first uh, four issues. I believe it's called Seeds of Destruction. Is yeah, the, that the, sounds the right. run. Um, and so it's pretty much like a little bit of the storyline from the, from the first movie where they uh, you know, these Nazi witch scientists, yeah. what have you, conjure up Hellboy and he gets in the possession of uh, of this chapter of the U.S. government, basically that in, um, investigates paranormal activity and such. Yeah, and I mean paranormal I, crimes. Param yeah, I love Hellboy. I think Hellboy is a perfect combination of creative, minimalistic, well done art with great story. And it's something that came about. I don't know if you know the origin story, but he just did this like doodle of like some weird like demon dude yeah and he just wrote like hellboy on it like just because he thought that sounded cool and then it just turned into this huge property you know yeah it's like the ninja turtles he just drew like a, a turtle with a mask and some nunchucks yeah like. and someone <laughs> just colored them in with three four colors later on later on yeah exactly but it was cool that that, that it's like one little doodle or sketch can just spawn like all this like, yeah. you know it's crazy well i think the nice thing with hellboy too is that it has like I said, that cool minimalistic art, it was kind of early on that trend of it, but that was done well and the story was done well, where I feel like a lot of times you can get one or the other. Yeah, Hellboy does this cool thing with the art, uh, Mike Magnola. Mike Magnola, yeah. Magnola. So he kind of blends like the characters into the background. Like it yeah. all because like each panel becomes like one singular drawing basically. Yep. Like I can't explain it. It's so cool though. No, I love that though because like very I very big solid colors like you know like it's not like scribbly. It's very like like almost blocky yeah. but in a good well, way. What I was I think we were talking about it on one of the last episodes when we were talking about the mask where 
the art and everything in the mask is really great. The story is a little lackluster. Yeah. I think but in, with Hellboy, you get a great story. You get a great that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you get, you get a great both. story. Plus you get this really cool, unique art that you know, that minimalism style art, or and I don't know if it's necessarily minimalism, but it's kind of that more simple but it's simplistic, yeah. Simplistic. That can go really south really quick. Where it's like, if it's done well, you're like, this is beautiful. And it lets you sink into the story more and not be, you know, as pulled away from the bells and whistles of like, oh, look how many pockets Cable has on his pants. <laughs> it's, yeah. You well, know, it's funny. Like, the, like there's a, there in that uh, Hellboy that I got a copy from the library, there was some early drawings of Hellboy and like this original run that it was a Hellboy storyline that was only printed for this specific like free comic they gave out at a comic con oh, yeah. in the early 90s and he's not wearing a coat he's like so eventually I put a coat on him he's like and Hellboy just looks cooler in a coat yeah <laughs> and I'm like yeah dude he does that <laughs> makes sense yeah. and but I do like that when people are honest about why they switch stuff up and uh Hellboy does so well because it has it has gained such a backstory and so many side characters and other people and I mean, the first two Guillermo movies are amazing. Yeah. And well, if the third one ever had gotten made, I'm sure that would have been. And uh, the the whole, like, mystery detective aspect of it is always very cool. People yeah. love that. That's why Batman's so popular, it, you know? So each, you know, run, they're investigating different things, whether it be vampires or, you know, yeah, uh, spooky mystical shit. It's a good way to delve into the mystical realm without being super corny it's taking like a cool new look at it. Yeah. And especially at that time, it was something that was like, whoa, it's like a government agency. This is like a different vibe than what I think people were used to at the time. Mm -hmm. And you get a lot of cool side characters in there. Like yeah. you get Abe Sapien and you yeah. get like uh, whatever his girl's name is. I know. I always it. forget her name. Um, but she's like super powerful. Yeah. And there's even in the new movie, I know this character is from comics too, but there's a guy who's like a wear jaguar, and he <laughs> oh, yeah. like, but it's shit like that where you're like, all right, this is cool, and you get some more characters, and it fleshes out the whole universe without being the fucking whole Marvel universe where it's just like, this is too fleshed. It's a little out. more contained. Yeah, yeah, it's just contained in a way that you're like, all right, I can comprehend and like digest all this without being like. Where the fuck do I start, dude? There's a goddamn comic about the team that cleans up the messes. Yeah. This isn't even the actual superheroes. <laughs> um, but it's all about the clerical work. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of some more grounded stuff, though, we are getting, or we did get, the first trailer for Hawkeye. Yeah, new Hawkeye trailer dropped. How'd uh, you feel? Looks pretty cool. Um, I like, so they're bringing in, was it Kate Bishop? So it is bringing in Kate Bishop. What this is based off of is a very well-received and at this point kind of historic run for Hawkeye that was written by this dude, Matt Fraction, who kind of it revamped Hawkeye. It has the art style is very Hellboy where it's kind of more simplistic. It's them fighting these half the main or the big bad of most of it is this called the tracksuit mafia. And Love that. it's just these like Albanian dudes who are trying to like kick people out of their like hotel or er, apartment buildings to do basically like refurbish them, blah, 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 whatever. 
And they're like Molotov cocktailing buildings and shit like that. But it's nice because it is a real-esque thing. Hawkeye has a bow and arrow. It's not something that's like, oh, man, you can do a ton. Yeah. It's like to have a more grounded issue makes sense to me. And I think if it's anything like that Matt Fraction run, I think we're in good shape. Well, from what I was... Is Kate Bishop in that comic? Yeah, that's our first introduction to Kate Bishop. Oh. Is also in that Matt Fraction run. When did that come out? Um, Maybe mid-2000s. Oh, because the, the brief thing that I read about Kate Bishop was like Hawkeye kind of passed down the, man, the Hawkeye mantle. Yeah. Uh, to oh, Kate Bishop. Um, and then like that kind of uh, spinned into the West Coast Avengers. Which, okay, so which I which I read about, you know, like that's kind of how that went down. They just started calling her Hawkeye. So basically, uh, the Matt Fraction ones came out twenty fifteen. Um, oh, that recent. <clears throat> yeah, but from what I, this is like, the first time of me hearing of Kate Bishop and all that like good stuff because after that we finally get you kind of get Kate Bishop as just like a street urchin kid that Hawkeye sees in trouble or whatever and then she's getting roughed up by this tracksuit mafia so well yeah apparently the first appearance is in 05 Young Avengers number one yes yeah because that is when you get her actual backstory and all that so that could have been um yeah, her first appearance was in Young Avengers, and then they give her more backstory in that Matt Fraction run. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm just excited because I think it is going to be a cool, grounded story. And the rumor, word on the old internet street, is that our po- potential big bad for the end of it is going to be our return of Vincent D'Onofrio as the Kingpin. Oh. To the Marvel MCU. Which, he played that in Daredevil? So he's played it in in all those Netflix shows. Yeah. Um, Daredevil, I think he was in, like, Defenders. He was maybe in Punisher. He kind of was in a bunch of, you know, different roles of it. But he did a great job of being a very menacing kingpin without being too over... Like, Michael Clark Duncan. yeah. Weird kingpin, and not even just because of like the race swap on it, where it's like him being black, whatever. That's not like a game changer, huge game changer. But he was also like way too jacked, like my, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, I remember him in the fucking like wife beater with the suspenders, yeah. and you're just like, kingpin's definitely supposed to be like he's strong, a, a strong big presence. But I don't imagine him yeah. as like. A ripped No, no, guy. no. He's definitely got the pudge. Like, yeah. yeah, which is what Vincent D'Onofrio has, where it's like, he's a big enough guy, he's a weird enough guy, that it's like, oh, this guy has... He's a great actor that can make someone seem menacing, but also not in a really try-hard way. I think we're going to slowly but surely start getting some of those successful Netflix people leaked back into the Marvel Universe, which the only ones that I would, you know, I think they truly would benefit from are definitely Kingpin because he's just the perfect street level big bad character. Um, I thought John Bernthal did an amazing job as Punisher. Yeah. Uh, and he just. He's great, man. He's 
that seems like a a role he was born to play. Yeah, totally. You know, totally. when you see him in that outfit and everything and the way he talks and his Well, it was either him or our good friend Joe Russo. Shout out Joe Russo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Biggest Punisher fan I know. Um but oh, and then um Kristen Ritter who did Jessica Jones also did a true like really amazing job. Uh oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's just a great actor too. She is, yeah. The dude who played Daredevil was great. I don't care if we get him back or anything. I think Daredevil's a really He was hard, good. No, he was good. I think he's good. I think Daredevil's a really hard character to to build up. Because everyone kind of knows the backstory so much. It's like a Spider-Man situation. Right. Everyone, I don't need to see your dad being a shitty boxer and you getting hit by a car one more time. I think Kingpin's like one of the coolest Marvel villains because it is someone that you can it's not a huge space well, he, invasion. Every he's time. totally the Lex Luthor of Marvel, and not just because he's a bald guy. Yeah, he he pulls the strings from you know, behind the curtain. Guy. Yeah, <laughs> no, but a uh, great, great Frank Miller Daredevil run. Um, it's called like rehabilitation or something like okay. that. Or, but I have it. And it's great, and like there's this whole thing where basically he just ruins Matt Murdock's life because he finds yeah. out he's Daredevil. I I know exactly the run you're talking oh, about. Oh man, it's 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 heavy. But uh, just, like, how menacing, how, you know, like, oh, yeah, like, I'm not going to, like, break you down physically. I'm going to just destroy your life. Yeah, like, it's, he, like, loses his, his right. He can't practice law anymore. They blow up his apartment. They get his girlfriend addicted to drugs somehow. I like that Kingpin, even though he is a physical presence himself, and he also has access to getting help from, like, all these other fucking villains and all these people he's connected with. He does still go down this very, which makes him seem more real. He goes down this really fucking like spiteful road a bunch of the times where he's like, no, 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 we're not going to kill you. We're going to do that later. <laughs> First, I'm going to ruin everything, everyone. Oh, yeah. And like it is, it shows who he is, though, where he is someone that's like was once picked on. He was someone who used to be weak and is now strong. Yeah, and he just enjoys it so much. Yeah, right? he yeah. just revels in the fact of, like, I'm going to fuck your whole shit up right now. And I think that's why I would like him to be in a Hawkeye-style movie, because with Black Widow, the big bad just seemed very whatever. Yeah. It's like having an old white guy be the villain is a very used Marvel you know, storyline. Yeah, dude, but what's scarier than an old white guy? I mean, honestly, <laughs> truly nothing. Well, snakes. My <laughs> an old white snakes. guy covered in snakes. That's well, the scariest. Well, if I just had to, you know, throw it out there, snakes. snakes. Top, top of the list. Uh, but I was going to say, I feel like a lot of those guys lack depth, where sure. I think Kingpin has more of a universal storyline with people. It's like Obadiah Stane just hated just wanted to be Tony Stark or Tony Stark's dad. It's like a lot of these old characters are just like, who? no one even knows what the guy from Black Widow's name was. The what, Russian guy. You know what's funny, though? I, I had Iron Man, the first Iron Man on uh, once in the background or whatever, and my girlfriend, I told my girlfriend, I'm like, you know, it's Jeff Bridges, right? She's like, what? She like didn't even recognize that it was No, him. yeah. It's, <laughs> um, that is a crazy thing that when you look back on that and you're just like, that is really weird that Jeff Bridges was in this movie. Uh, so we are coming up on time, but real quick, I wanted to talk about as far as other stuff I've been reading. Uh, Doctor Strange, Volume Three. 
Oh yeah, came out in '99. Only four issues. It's just a four-issue nice storyline. Yeah, it's it's fun. And so as we were we were talking before we started recording, this is part of the Marvel Knights um, uh, imprint, if yeah. you will, from so, Marvel Comics. Yeah. So for anyone who doesn't really know what like the Marvel Knights was, as I've always said, until literally Disney bought Marvel, Marvel was willing to sell you everything oh, yeah. in the office to make any money. So, at this time, we were starting to get more extreme, I would say, comics. Um, you started getting comics more heavily pushed from the big two towards adults the, and stuff. The way they worded on the wiki is, it was intended more for teenagers rather than children. Yeah. So, that's when they started to push, and they wanted, you know, mature readers. And they got, Joe Casada was like, who are the coolest characters you have? So, they grabbed Punisher, Daredevil... Black Panther. Black Panther, Wolverine. Black Widow. Black Widow. This is That's the first run of Black Widow, and actually. It, it's kind of more of that street level, too, a little bit, I think. Of It's not so fantastical outer space-wise. It's kind of more in the city. It's very New York. And yeah. that's what they were aiming for. Gritty. Yeah, it, it, gritty is like the word that I'm sure was written on a whiteboard for them. <laughs> and they are like, make sure it's all gritty. Tur- Add every color shade a shade down. So what's funny is Black Widow's, real quick, because it was one of the Marvel Knights, I never realized this, Black Widow's first appearance was in Tales of Suspense number 52. That was in 1964. Yeah. But she didn't... Didn't get her own run until... Until, like, the 2000s. It's crazy. Or late 90s. Well, she's a lady. (laughs) We got to break down barriers. But yeah, this Marvel Knight's pretty cool. I'm reading now, too, that... So this was... This spun off. It's Daredevil, what they'd call Volume 2, the second run of Daredevil. That went for a while. It went from 98 till 2009. That was probably the most successful hero underneath the Marvel Knight's moniker. A hundred percent. And I think that Daredevil... Well, because also, I believe that's when Kevin Smith did his run on Daredevil, was through the Marvel Knight's era. Um, And it... Daredevil is the perfect example of a character that fit that Marvel Knights umbrella or idealistic thing. Yeah. Where it's, yeah, very gritty, very kind of dealing with interpersonal shit, kind of, you know, he's just like us, except he's blind but can see. Well, they definitely, you could tell they drew a little bit off of this for that uh, Ben Affleck movie. Oh, and that's... Because Elektra had her own title under Marvel Knights too. That's where we were getting those Punisher movies from. We had the first two or whatever. You get a lot of that that pulls from that era of Marvel. I kind of want to read these. These look pretty dope. Uh, This Daredevil Volume 2. I was going to say, I've heard... I've heard mixed reviews on Marvel Knights in general, so I was interested to see. I hadn't heard a lot about Doctor Strange. I, I, I recommend it. Yeah, like yeah. I said, it's four issues, and it's just a good, like we were talking about, it's a good mystery kind of storyline where there's a little twist, and you know, you're trying to figure out what's going on. And I was going to say, I can see um, like small, like short storyline, like <coughs> self-contained runs like that being better because they're not, having to draw it out for so long and no. keep coming up. You know, you can make a good, precise story where I'm interested to see if you said the Daredevil was like their longest run yeah. from that. Yeah, if towards the, issues? Towards the end of that Daredevil, if it starts to like... How, like how Tom King's Batman run just started to go off the rails and eventually they were like, hey, Tom, we know we told you we were going to let you do 100 issues. 
How about 80? Yeah. How, how about we uh, pump the brakes a little yeah. bit? Yeah. Yeah. In that Doctor Strange story, real quick, it actually, the storyline, uh, the plot reminded me a little bit of um, in Iron Man 3. So basically, in this Doctor Strange, there's this guy who's teaching people magic, but kind of like shortcutting it, you know? Okay. If you will. Because he's using some sort of uh, entity Cl- to do Cliff that. Notes in it. Yeah, totally. And like, but the thing is, like, when these people are, you know, uh, granted this type of magic, this, you know, this cheating type magic, if you will, uh, they like they explode after like uh, nice. so many hours. So kind of like the whole project in uh, in Iron Man three. Yeah, the extremist yeah, stuff. Extremist thing. Yeah, exactly. <coughs> like, oh yeah, it'll give you great power, but at a price. You but, know? Uh, it's always like the, it. the old monkey paw tale. Yeah. You know, but that was cool. And then Dormammu makes an appearance. Spoiler: He it turns out to be the baddie. Always. Uh, speaking of, just before, I thought something that was interesting that I didn't realize was, so Hawkeye is taking place, we're getting a new Christmas themed. Yeah. Um, is it coming around Christmas? I forgot the to check the The only other thing, uh, so it's coming out November. Okay, perfect. So it'll come coming out right before Christmas, and then the only other Christmas Marvel movie you really get is... Iron Man 3. Yeah, yeah. And that's only because the director was Shane Black, who loves him some fucking Christmas movies. That's his jam, yeah? Well, he did... um, Did you ever see Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? No. Uh, With Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer. Oh. Really good movie, but it's loosely... His movies aren't necessarily Christmas movies, but they're movies that take place around Christmas. Gotcha. Like, I'm pretty sure he directed, not the other guys, is it, what's the one that has Russell Crowe and the dude from The Notebook? The Nice Guys. The Nice Guys. I heard that was good. I never saw it. The Nice Guys is really good as well. But again, it's another movie that it's like... Isn't that based on a true story, loosely? The Nice Guys? It might have been a rough true story, but... Yeah, it's like, I like a good little Christmas time, like, theme thing. Totally. I don't need it to be, you know, It's a Wonderful World. Fucking uh, Batman Returns. I watch, uh, yeah. I watch that every Christmas time. No, man. that <laughs> is like, that. it's stuff like that where you're just like, yeah, dude, this rules. Oh, yeah. Uh, Shane Black has directed, actively directed five movies, three of which are all technically Christmas themed. Oh, that's funny. And I was gonna say I haven't seen this version of Predator that he did, but I'm gonna guess it's oh, probably it's right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember also that also around Christmas. That was time. Um, wait, isn't that it's got Alien vs Predator two? No, no, this one was just the Predators. Predators. That was no, that was the one with Adrian Brody where they're on that island. No, this so. one had Keegan Michael Key in it. Oh, really? Not, yeah, this, I must have missed that one, dude. There are so many. That's not called Predators, though. That's the one with Adrian Brody. That sure. one, yeah. And that one wasn't bad. And Lawrence Fishburne's like all fucking cracked out. There's, there's so many of those. There Did are. you get super into like Predator? I'm a big Predator fan, actually. Yeah. The the first Predator movie is probably my favorite, like sci-fi action horror, whatever you, you want to call it. How do you feel about? Are you more Alien or more Predator? Oh, Predator, hands down. Predator? I'm not a big Alien guy. Okay. Um, I've only seen like bits and pieces of the movies. Uh, I did like Prometheus. That was cool. Here's that was my, like a prequel. My only downside to like the Prometheus, because there's another one after that too, right? Yes. I uh, didn't see that. Though. But I feel like the storyline to those, it's like very convoluted. That totally. when you're watching, you're just like, 
Does this have anything to do with the first movie, or like yeah. what is happening? No, right I just now? really—I've always been a big Predator fan because the concept is very original to me. An alien bounty hunter, like that's fucking badass, dude. And yeah. they just actually dropped a video game recently. I was just saying, the video games have always—I been... heard it's good. Um, I haven't played it yet, but it's supposed to be pretty cool. Yeah, I'm. I'm interested to see. I think we are getting some more of those as well coming through. And I'd be very surprised if there wasn't some sort of Predator comic book out oh, there. Oh, there's 100%. Those yeah. were all done through Dark Horse. Didn't they? Yeah, didn't they do... It was like a like Predator... I there's think it was Predator vs. Judge Dredd. I think there's they did Predator vs. Judge Dredd. There's Predator vs. Batman. Yeah, yeah. There's, oh, that's the one I wanted to read. Yeah. yeah, dude. There's a bunch of like... The Predator is coming to all universe. He's like Archie. <laughs> He can join any, and there's also Predator vs. Archie. <laughs> which awesomely That's does That's the name exist. of this episode, by the way. It's Predator vs. Archie. Which, if you no, did No, Archie vs. Predator, because it's AVP. Yeah, like AVP, <laughs> yeah. Archie vs. Predator. Which, if you didn't know that Predator was a internet, or like intergalactic space bounty hunter, then you would definitely just think it was Dude, a like, story about Archie almost being like, like that, molested. That sounds like something out of like a robot chicken episode like yeah. they would do. <laughs> like yeah, Archie versus Predator. You, you think it's going to be the alien predator, but when the mask lifts up, it's just like uh, his football coach who's like, come on, Archie. <laughs> let me massage your glutes. What was that? Joe Paterno? <laughs> yeah. Joe Pa. Uh, no, that was Sandusky. Joe Pa swept it under the rug. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good call. He didn't see it. <laughs> Wink. Oops. It looks like the showers are occupado. Yeah, we... I will be getting <laughs> out of here for the day. We went there, folks. We're edgy. We're edgy. Gritty. I'm sorry. Yeah, gritty. We're, gr we're gritty for talking about a very public <laughs> sexual assault case from 12 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Because that's Penn, how we roll. Penn State is definitely writing me. A letter saying I cannot get into the school. I would I would assume so, yeah. Squash your dreams of ever being a Nittany Lion, you <laughs> fucking piece of shit. And don't ever talk about Joe Pa again. <laughs> they have a, oh, they took the statue down. Yeah. That's a big that's like a cool move now that everyone knows. Oh, yeah. We just if you can take a statue down, just take I, rip I them heard down. They took dude. down a Lincoln statue like in Illinois. Like the land yeah. of Lincoln. They it, took and there's like a degree to it where I'm like, oh, I get this. We should take these ones down. Then everyone was just like, rip down more statues. And you're like, no, these are fine. These yeah. are good ones. Like, they're just like, rip them. Like, that's a tree. That's not even a yeah. person. I want them to tear down the free stamp in Cleveland. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was, I, one of my. All tourism in Cleveland is so beyond fucked. I just want to work for the city and show them what things are we should talk about. Yeah. Dead man's curve. <laughs> Why are we not showing, have a rental car center right off the highway near dead man's curve. So if you're from wherever, I was going to say China, that seemed racist afterwards. <laughs> so Milwaukee, you can drive dead man's curve. It's China, Milwaukee. Ch China, Milwaukee. It's the name of the city. <laughs> it's a suburb. Like China, Illinois. Great show, by the way. Classic. That show is fucking awesome. Um, That's basically what Kent State was like, right? Yeah, kind of. More or less. <laughs> that was pretty much the vibe we had. <laughs> um, but no, thank you everyone for listening. As always, I've had a blast here in Comics Corner. Yeah, Sean, good time. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we'll be getting some new episodes. You guys coming through soon. Go follow us on Instagram at Threads and Dreads Pod. Go follow us on Patreon and support with a nice little five dollar spotter. 
And that's at patreon.com backslash threads and dreads. Always available for you. We'll catch you guys next time. Peace.